Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Craig, what episode is it? I don't know. I ask me that all the time. <laughs> Fuck. Like, I don't know. 348. Uh, 365. Rosie, you know where I was last night? Where were you? Town Ballroom. Doing what? Saw a Bush concert. Oh, nice. Bush was there, yeah. So, uh, but that's not really why I want to bring up the Town Ballroom. Town Ballroom, Catwalk for Charity. There's an iconic story about Derek Roy in the Town Ballroom. <laughs> oh, those were good charity events. Those are fun. Did you and Tim Connolly have an incident at the town ballroom? No, that was the biggest lie. TC was doing the worm uh, on stage, and he smacked his head while he was doing the reverse worm. He hit his head on the on the stage, and everyone's like, oh, "Roy punched Tim Connolly." I'm like, "What are you talking? I wasn't even around Tim Connolly." Why? So, why did that start? I don't know. I don't know where that rumor came from, but that was. That was interesting. That was news for me and TC. And then we got brought in the room. Like, I think it was, was it Darcy or somebody or Darcy and Lindy was like, is there something going on with you guys? We're like, what, what, what would be going on? It's like, 
I heard there's a rumor you punched Tim. <laughs> I didn't punch Timmy, and me and TC just started laughing. Like it was, it's not even, not if even you relevant. Punched TC, he never would have had a black guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I walk out of the concert last night, and I look at my phone. This is my text from Craig. We are doing a draft simulator tomorrow. This is all coaching. Brutal. What is Gergensen doing on the tying goal? 11 forwards and 7 defense. Three question marks. They look gassed. Having three goalies on the roster? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Certain personnel on the PP and PK. Great fight with Greenway and great hit tonight. Cousins is worrying me. Middlestad is producing points, but he is the third line center, question mark. The team looks lost in the defensive zone. Skinner absolutely has to be traded, brings very little to the team besides offense. Lazy. Benson works harder than 99% of the team. We should send them back to junior. <laughs> and obviously Benson scored an absolutely highlight real goal. What a goal for your first, though. That's uh, that's got to feel good, and hopefully that's a big monkey off the back. You know, the first one always him, the hardest. Keep him, got to keep him now. Yeah, he does work tremendously hard, and he's he he brings that uh, that effort and combination of both effort and skill um, is is what they need because that's what they have. They have a lot of skilled players that need to just bring their effort up a little bit, and then somebody's got to take the team and lead it too. You need a leader. You need somebody to step up and be like, I'm the guy here. Give me the puck, and I'm going to score. He's injured. Yeah. Well, that guy, somebody else guy. Isn't that the whole saying? Someone else, you know, someone else has to step up. Somebody's got to lead the team. What'd you say about Tuck PD about him, uh, like snapping in the locker room or something after the Jets game or something? Uh, Donnie Granato snapped in the locker room. Tuck had some choice words in the, you know, for the, in the media about, you know, I'm paraphrasing here because it was after the Winnipeg game, but it was like, you know, we got to be come ready to play, play with more energy. I like you know, that. That, you know, that's, everything, that's everything a, that, that we, the coaches here at after the whistle have been preaching to these players. That's what a leader does. He he says something and then he goes back and step and steps it up and, and, and plays hard the next game for, for the team. Like that's, you put yourself out there as a leader and you, you say something and then the next game you got to go and back it up. That's, that's what a leader does. And for him, he's got to be that guy. He's got to be the leader for this team. Um, he seems like he's, uh, you know, a hardworking, smart guy, and he's obviously skilled, and everyone else is going to look up to him and see that if he's working hard, you know, Paterka's going to work hard, Benson's going to work, everyone's going to look up to him and say, I'm, I have to work hard now. Yeah, I think I, I think Paterka works very hard. Um, he's great. Yeah, he's great. He's playing. Why, he could have he could have scored friggin'. I watched Winnipeg game. He missed a breakaway. He missed another breakaway. Like he could he could be at like 15 goals by now. He's he's flying yeah, out there shooting. Kid, he's great. I'm yeah. the one that told him to draft him. Well, they they called me about him and asked me how how he was. <laughs> and I said I would I would draft this kid. I said he he's just as good as uh um the kid in Ottawa there, Stutzla. And uh I said he just doesn't get enough as much ice time in in uh on our team as uh, uh Stutzla was getting in Mannheim. I'm going to ask you guys a question from both your perspectives. As a forward, Roisy, how did you feel when the team went 11 and 7? Riv, 
as a defenseman, how did you feel when the team went 11 and seven? This is something that Don Granado has done twice this year. I think at least, at least twice for sure. I mean, Ford, it's, it's great. <laughs> but the only thing there was a, there was a, they had a too many men penalty and I'm guessing it's because they only had 11 Fords and there was guys flip flopping lines. There was, I saw Paterka on one line, the next line is on another line. So it gets confusing on the bench a lot because you're always playing with different players and you're always moving around up and down the lineup. But uh, it is a little chaotic on the bench because you don't have like a, a system that like rolling lines. You're always, I think they got it. I have to go guys. back and I have to go back and check, but I think they got a too many men penalty that, that when last time they went 11 and seven. But it's it is chaotic. Common. You know what happened? My wife never watches hockey with me, right? And we watched the game last night. She goes, how does that happen? Like, how does that, how does, how does too many players go on the ice? Like, how is there six players? Like, she didn't understand. Like, and I'm like, so, um, and I didn't know they, like, I thought they went with 11 forward, but I didn't know right off the bat. But I said, you know, sometimes on the bench, chaotic. You're, you're picking your guy. You're, you're saying, hey, I got, uh, you know, I got Benson. So when Benson comes to the bench, I'm jumping. But maybe they switched the lines and said, okay, Paterka, now you're on with this line. So then that guy jumped for Benson, but he might not have heard what the coach switched the lines, right, or changed. So I'm like, it's sometimes it's chaotic on the bench. And, um, and then and then you get a, a, a too many men penalty, but it doesn't happen, happen often. But like you said, if you have 11 forwards and you keep mixing the lines and trying to match lines and um, it gets, it gets a little chaotic on the bench. Riv 11 and seven for the D. I think it's an absolute joke. Seven defense. What an absolute joke. And here's the best part about it. You have seven D last night. Rasmus Dahlin played like 28 minutes, 27 something, 27, 21. I, what the hell? Are you doing dressing seven defense? Explain to me what the reasoning is that's going to help our team win hockey games that you're going to dress seven defensemen. What is the logic in that? Because I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that from uh, any of the uh, reporters. Can you explain to me, Don, why we're dressing seven defense and 11 forwards? We've got Alex Tuck last night playing almost 25 minutes of hockey. Is that that's beneficial for Alex Tuck? As a forward, that's a As lot. a forward. Yeah. Casey Middlestad, 23 and a half. Dylan Cousins up in the 20s. Is that beneficial for those guys? So there's your answer. There's your answer. You name me teams that would logically play an 11 and 7 on any given night in the NHL. Who does that? Teams that do that are so the ones that are in they did it, cap Greg. situation. Of, they're in cap trouble. Instead of telling me how stupid it is, tell me why they did it. Is it because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings? Well, who are they going to take out? You tell me. You're watching the same thing that I am. And the other thing Johnson, too is it, the other thing too is you know, I'm looking at the stats here. You got Victor Olsson playing 9.49 on an 11 man roster. Like, and then you got guys playing 25 minutes. Like that's a huge gap. That's called panic. That's called panic coaching. They have multiple guys on the team that played around 10 minutes. Then you have the other guys that are playing 20 in, in the twenties for a forward 25 minutes a night for Alex Tucker 20. What did he play? Petey, you have any idea? 
25. Yeah, 25. 25 minutes. That's like uh, that's like a defenseman playing 35 to 40 minutes. Yeah, that's in like a playoff game where you need to win and you got to put your D man. That's a triple overtime in the Stanley Cup finals. (laughs) That's what a four like what? Explain, explain to me why Alex Tuck is on the ice for 25 minutes a night. I bet you if you were to ask Alex Tuck, that's the most he's played in his NHL career. Yeah, what were were the power plays? And my thought is, why, why, why is Alex Tuck playing 25 minutes a night? Because you're not going to get the best out of Alex Tuck playing 25 minutes. There are ranges of each and every player and even though they're elite star players, if they play over a certain amount of minutes, you are not going to get the same product from them. Would you agree, Roisy? Yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible, especially hard minutes. Like I was saying, they, they only had three power plays. What, so what do you mean hard minutes? Like we, we need to really think about well, what is a, what's hard minutes to you? Well, not a hard minute would be a power play. So if I'm playing half the power play, you're not really like, you're battling, but you're not really um, – they're not hard minutes. You're not playing in the D zone and battling down low and cross-checking guy, taking cross-checks. You're just literally standing around, passing the puck, trying to score goals Yeah, most of the time. Some of the time you're in there trying to get the puck and go to the net. I get it, but those aren't considered hard minutes. PK either is not really considered hard minutes. You're kind of trying to get in shot lanes. You ice the puck, you change. Like It's yeah. not crazy hard minutes. I think hard minutes are like – when you're in the D zone battling offensive zone, battling, try to score five on five. Like those are hard minutes to me. Um, so he, he must've played, you know, 22 hard minutes. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's yeah. a hard game. So I, I guess your question to me, PD, is you ask about seven defense. And I just, I, I literally shake my head at this point in the season that a team would have, a thought that seven defense is going to help them win hockey games. Cause we both know that it's not, you already have two guys on your defense core that are clearly going to play in the middle twenties of the game, which is Rasmus Dahlin and Owen power. Why do you need seven defensemen? Why do you need five other guys that are going to take on, you know, a, a small amount of minutes? Is it because they're scared to sit one of those guys? Is it because, you can't sit Eric Johnson or a Connor Clifton or a Henry Yoki Haru because there's going to be backlash. Or is it because Ryan Johnson has played himself into a top six position on the team? I think you're right in that. So if you take out Ryan Johnson, the media sits there and goes, well, why is Johnson? Why is Johnson the guy out? He's played exceptionally well. Why is he out? Now he's John Granado has got to ask. He's got to answer those questions. Guess what? He didn't want to answer the questions. He didn't want to take Yoki Haru, Johnson, or Clifton out. And you can't take out Ryan Johnson because he deserves to be in the lineup. Therefore, why don't we just dress seven guys? Could have settled on power. No, you're never no. in in the history oh, no. of the game going to say to Craig, power. It was a Okay, joke, well, man. you know, you say joke. that, but it's like. <laughs> You never know if you're serious or not. You just you know, throw these comments out, and you don't know if you're serious. Well, that would never happen just because of the fear of the backlash in the media. There's a team that doesn't care about backlash, and that's Columbus right now. They're just sitting everybody. They don't care. Fuck. 
And so. Line comes and scores a goal next game. Line has got three points. He had three points in Thanks. 10 games or whatever. And yep. he's making what? Eight million bucks, nine. I don't know what he's making. Seventy-nine million bucks. And then he sits then they 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 bench all the guys, then they come back and win seven three last night. He's got a goal. I mean, he did score the seventh goal, let's be real. But um, you know how it always happens like that. You bench a you bench a guy, he gets pissed off, and then he goes back the next game, he works that a little extra harder, and then he goes and gets himself a goal and gets himself back on track. It's just the fun house. Honest to God. Everyone can play. I don't want to hurt any feelings. So who did they scratch instead? The player that was out was Peyton Krebs. Does he deserve to be out? But it's not 17 games. But is he supposed to be out for a D-man that plays eight minutes? You know what I mean? What's thousand percent not? That's what I mean. Like, who cares if the D plays eight minutes? Like, you can take eight minutes and divide it between six D. Why is he the scapegoat? Now, he sat out a game. He, He did sit out a game before. For personal family matters, but he was apparently still at the rink. So I don't know if there's if something is going on, and but and I don't want to speculate. But that's maybe because they maybe maybe because they didn't draft him. You know, when you draft a player, you got emotional interest in him. You're invested, and when you trade for a player, you don't have that same uh, investment that you made with the draft pick. He's a 22 year old hockey player. Okay. That when he has played, he's played physical. He works his ass off. Explain to me why Tyson Jost is in the lineup over him. It's because Kevin Adams signed him to a $2 million contract, which is ludicrous. Is it? Is it? Why is Zemgis Gergen, Gergensen have to be in this lineup? Most nights, I don't even know he's on the ice. Why is he in the lineup? Is it because Kevin Adams signed him to two and a half million dollars? Is Peyton Krems the easiest player out of all of them to sit? I would love to know the the reason. And it, I'm surprised that the 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 um the media there are not asking more questions about what the hell are we doing with seven defensemen in the lineup. You almost explain only do, to me, you almost explain to me why we're injuries. explain to me why we're we have seven defensemen in a lineup, and we've got a kid in the minors, and Yari Coolidge who is absolutely shredding the American Hockey League. No answers to that either. I don't. I don't know why they wouldn't have Coolidge here. So I, I'm I, like, what do you want me to say? I, do you want me to speculate? Just say on everything why is just here? it's puzzling. Do you not think? Okay, well, I th- I thought was there not a report that maybe his work ethic or attitude maybe he's shredding? I don't know. Am I wrong? Did I not hear some kind of a? Which I don't know why you'd give a shit about that. I mean, you're just handing opportunities away here anyway. Why not just hand another one away? Oh, if you don't like him as much, package a goalie deal with him and and make a big trade. Like you have, like we we're talking about, you have all these prospects, all these young guys. Are you going to bring another young, skilled forward into the lineup? Like how many young, skilled, fast, talented forwards? There's only one puck out there. We we talked about this before uh, on previous pod, podcasts. There's only one puck. You can't have like 15 guys that are like the same player. Then you turn into Edmonton. The Oilers uh, for years, they had that problem. They had they all the do. same guys. Yeah. 
And it's do. been it's been yeah, it's been their key heel for friggin' I don't know how many years when they had all those first overall picks, they picked the same player over and over again. And then they try to throw them all on the ice at the same time and see what happens. You as a super highly skilled hockey player, number one center on our team. When I played with you, what were your thoughts on the second half of the lineup? The, the lineup, what I mean is that your third and fourth lines were different than the Tim Connolly and Derek Roy lines. Um, your, your, your fifth, sixth defensemen on the team were, were typically played a different brand of hockey than your top four, right? Mm-hmm. How much did that factor in, in your mindset, knowing that you had guys on the back on the fourth line that played a different style that did you feel more confident on the ice if things started to, you know, shit hit the fan per se. Like I, 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 I always wondered if, if super highly skilled players like the idea of having guys in the lineup that, you know, can, you know, protect them and calm things down. Uh, yeah, a million percent. I think even just, we were talking about the, um, energy that the fourth line brings, like they go on on the ice and they go in the zone and they finish checks and then they get in there and they take pucks to the net, block shot. They're doing all the like gritty things. And as a skill player looking at that, like, all right, all right, these guys are doing it. All right, I can do it. I can, I can get out there and start doing some stuff like that. And they create like this, this energy that you need as a team because they're doing all the right things and they're always great people. They're always great guys doing all the right things to help win hockey games. So when you're looking at that as a, a skilled forward, you're like, all right, this guy's like, we love this guy. He's such a great guy. He's a hard worker. All right. I, I see he's bringing energy to the team. All right. I got to step it up. I got to start uh, bringing some of my own energy. So that's when we talk about creating energy is those guys going out, doing all the little things, the nitty gritty things to help win hockey games. Those are the guys you look up to. And those are the guys that um, help push this team forward. They don't have the players though. If you put Krebs, Ocposo, and Gergensen on the fourth line and say, hey, listen, you guys are going to your job is to go in there, create energy, get pucks in that, uh, maybe draw a penalty, you know, do something like we need, we need you guys to start doing something like, like all the other lines jobs are to score goals, like all three lines. Cause they have so much skill. Your job is to score goals, get pucks in that, make plays. Like the, the onus is on you guys. You're going to, you're a goal scorer. The fourth yep. line, your job is to create, create energy and draw penalties and, you know, be leaders, be like, make sure like the, you help hold the other guys accountable. So if you're doing something right, then you can say to the next guy, Hey, listen, I'm doing all I can to help win this hockey game. You gotta, you gotta be on the same boat as me. Like last night's start to the game was great. I was, I was very impressed with the start the first period. They had that crappy bounce on the, on the shot from the point on the goal to make it two, one, who cares? But like three deflections went off, like that's a bad uh, Olofsson stick hit. I think Joe's, and then defected, deflected off a shin pad and into the corner of the net. And I'm like, you know, what the heck are you going to do on that? Right? Like, shit happens, man. Like, you just got to That's right. It that's off. right. I will say this, you know, there's... Uh, with, with insanely high expectations this year, you're going to have a lot of... Um, if things aren't going perfect, you're going to have a lot of negative discussion and... You know, I'm, 
I'm going to be the first one to say that I've been negative. And maybe it's because I get literally 5,000 texts a day from people that are upset and irritated with all the things that we discuss. But when you look at it from the player side of things and the coaching side of things, the most important thing is for them to be on the same page in that locker room. They are not in any panic. They're three points, three points out of a play out of a wild card spot. That is if you get on a roll and, and win three or four games in a row, you are now in the playoffs. And this team here in Buffalo has the ability to win games. They are a very good hockey team. They have not been consistent. You talked about periods or through games, but if they can put something together and start to get a little momentum, this team is going to do something good. And it's just about gaining that confidence, right? Roisy, Petey, you remember being on teams where you're kind of a little bit in a downer and it takes one game that you win. And then all of a sudden the next game you win and all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good at the rink and, and work ethic is up and, and, and good positive vibes. And then you just sort of take off. Right. Cause you're not, yeah. Cause you're not thinking the best, the best time you're playing hockey is when you're not thinking about all the outside noise, you're just going to the rink and you're, re, you're reacting to stuff, right? Like our bodies have been trained our whole lives to just get out there and do like knowing people like, um, like I skated sometimes and like you play in these fun tournaments and guys like, how do you do that? Like, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like we went, had a few beers the night before or whatever, like you go play in these charity games. They're like, we're hung over and we can barely move. I'm like, well, this for us, we're just, it's just in our mental. We're just reacting to playing. Right. Like it's just right. Yep. We're not even thinking we're just going out there and doing it. And I think that's when you play your best hockey is when you're not, when you're blocking out everything like podcasts and, you know, people writing shit about you in the, in the paper, if you're reading that and trying to go out there and play a hockey game, you're not mentally focused in the right, in the right place. If you're going out there and not thinking, you're just thinking, all right, I got to do my job. You think of three things I got to do today, skate fast, shoot puck hard and battle. I'll do those three things and you know, I'll be successful today. And then you, and then once you start doing that, you're like, okay, I scored a goal, creep something else in. Okay. Next time I'm going to try something different. And then you just, you start rolling, you start feeling confident. Like you said, you start feeling lighter on your feet um, the puck feels like it's run on your stick all the time. And the puck seems to be following you when, when things are the going team well. meetings are less, the video sessions are shorter. Yeah. It's like a flowers, good, it's a good time. Smell better. Yeah. Everything just tastes better. Your food tastes better. Like yeah, It's just, yeah, it's a good time. And, uh, you know, they got, they got to get to that spot where, like you say, they win like one game, that's six, five or something They come back late in a hockey game and, and they, you know, there's one big win that usually changes the season and they just need that. And then confidence will roll and then you just start winning games. Hey, Andrew, you ever been in a car crash? I know you have, cause you're a terrible driver, but fortunately for me, I haven't, but I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. For a car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only 
to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. You said something back about men's league and hungover or whatever, and I just thought about how much better I was than you the night, the morning after our rookie dinner. Do you oh, remember our practice? In, Atlanta, in Atlanta? Do you remember our practice in Atlanta? Do you remember how it finished? No. We played three-on-three. Three. We had a three-on-three three tournament. How do you remember that? Because I'll never forget this. It was my. It was a carryover from my rookie dinner. I was puking in the locker room. George had to bring the guard. Remember they had all those little locker rooms in that practice rink. There were a bunch of small locker rooms. There were like five, six guys in yeah, each yeah, locker yeah, room. Yeah. Do you remember? There was like four little locker rooms. So Babcock had to find me a Coca-Cola, and he had to pull the garbage can over to me, and I was throwing up, and he was helping tie my skates to get me on the ice. <laughs> They had to practically care, carry me to the door. Oh, God, I was good that fun. day. That was a fun rookie dinner. We had to stand up and tell jokes, and Mika and Marty were our goalies. Yeah, so, we had to tell a joke at the So at we the had dinner, to tell right? a joke, and uh, Marty and Mika were drinking a, a, a Magnum bottle of wine. It was like 800 bucks, 850 bucks. And I said, it's an honor to be here at the rookie dinner. You know, I've never had such great food in my life. This filet, all the crystal champagne, I've never had it. I said, it's an honor to be able to pay for such expensive meal for everybody. I said, we got the goalies down there drinking an $850 bottle of wine. I said, $850. So why does that number ring a bell? Oh, yeah, that's their save percentage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the shots started rolling over the they were sending do you remember that what was that tequila they sent me it was really expensive don julio maybe yeah, i don't know they sent me this two really expensive shots of tequila i'm throwing up in the champagne container next to next to the standing next to the table i threw up my entire fillet so i ordered another one at the table <laughs> And Craig, do you want to know the best part about this is our original rookie dinner got shut down because there was a power outage at the restaurant. So we had to go to a makeshift place, an unbelievable place. And it was in the middle of the restaurant. So there are people eating around us. <laughs> do you remember this? Imagine you're, you're on a date night and you're looking over. This guy's puking in the champagne Roy- bucket. Roisy had to stand up and sing the national anthem. Okay. In front of the whole restaurant. Because normally oh, it's in a private room, yeah. right, Riv? It's in normally in like a private room. Every dinner we've ever had has been like a private area, right? So because of the circumstance, so he gets up and he sings the national anthem in front of everybody, and some lady at another table yells, don't quit your day job. <laughs> Do you remember what I turned and said to her, Rosie? No. I said, I said, he won't. It's a night job because we play in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the night? So I get called up my first NHL game. And I think you guys were on like a nine or 10 game losing streak. And we were playing in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, a shot from like the blue line, like an, on a dump in late in the game. 
and we were tied and it went, I don't know, it went five hole on Mika or whatever. And it was just like a bad bounce kind of goal. And we end up losing the game and they come in the locker room and I'm like, Oh no, like I, I know it's coming. I'm going to get yelled at. And I think we locked the, I think Drew locked the coaches out of the room and it's my first game. I'm just getting there. I'm like, what's happening here? And then like, it was just, we're going out tonight. <laughs> like we're, this is bullshit, whatever. We're going out tonight. Everyone's going. And I'm like, okay, well I go up to Drew. I go, hey, Drew, like, hey, listen, I just got called up, man. Like I'm not going out. Like he's like, are you part of this team? I go, well, yeah. He goes, you're coming out. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, oh, this will be like the quickest NHL stint. And if ever I get caught, you know, and I think they, they, the coaches must have known that. Like, we just needed something, right? Do you remember like, what we, we did? We, I remember sneaking out the stairwell out the back to go out to meet the guys. I thought I was going to get sent right back down the minors so fast. The whole team, every single person went out. Even the trainers, everybody went out. And Miro Shatan went out. It tur- yeah, it turned us around. We won the next game, and then we we missed the playoffs. But I think by one point that year. Yeah, everyone Next. went out everyone had everyone's you it was like a mandatory you got to come out for one or two drinks and then do whatever you want after that but you have to show up why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, time now for Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Sabre's not in a terrible spot, but the fan base is starting to get a little angry. The fan base is angry because we want we want to make the playoffs. We want more. Where, where I get irritated as a fan is basically watching a team not go out and get a number one goaltender that will backstop Devin Levi as a number two. That's that's what I'm irritated with. Why didn't we go out? Why did we think that Devin Levi has the ability to be a number one? I get irritated watching that we have three goaltenders on our roster and we don't know who's the number one. We don't know who's going to have a good night or a bad night. When you have a number one goaltender, you know that he is going to play at an upper echelon level a lot of the time. That wasn't addressed. That irritates me. When I sit here and watch us lose games, I think if we had a number one goaltender, that could help a situation. 
I'm irritated as a fan, knowing that we had we needed a top four defense. The number one goalie's hard. It's it's like look at look what Edmonton's going through right now. They thought they had two number one goalies and they have zero number one goalies. So there's not much out there to trade for right now. There was. There's there was Roisey. Well, who's out there right now? I think well, Gibson, Gibson, I think they probably could have got Gibson from Anaheim. Absolutely. There was goaltend there's like, number one goaltenders out there. The the one thing we did and we talked about it before the show is um when we had those three goalies, it was awkward. Um, it was really awkward. What year was uh, that? You had three goalies. Oh five, oh six, I want to say, oh, or oh four, oh five, oh like four, five, eighteen five. years ago. Four oh five was a lockout year. It was oh five. Yeah, so five oh six, and we, and all goalies were like Ryan was obviously a great goalie. Marty was was great as well, and and uh, Mika was playing pretty good as well. So we had three good goalies, and they all deserved to play in the NHL. So, um. And we we kept them all the way to the deadline, and we finally traded Mika at the deadline to Vancouver. But that whole time, it was just awkward because at, the goalies aren't getting the reps they need. They're kind of switching three. And at one point, uh, Mika was just sitting in the penalty box because he didn't want to go on the ice because he was take he felt like he was taking the reps away from the goalies that needed it because they were playing. And it's a roster spot that you could use for a forward call up a Ford or whatever. Yeah. And you, you know, and you Mika started it. to, Mika started to unwind and, and then they started to penalize him for his unraveling emotionally. You know, remember the one day his buddies were in town and they were at David Buster's or something all night and he showed up, he was late for practice. They told him not to go on. Then they, then they came. So he had to go and leave and then come back after everybody left. And they absolutely murdered him on the ice. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're on a team that doesn't want he didn't play a game for months. Like you just show up for practice and then leave. Show up for practice, then leave. Game days, he'd probably show up and go in the stands and sit and watch and the game. Then I think like, Millsy broke his thumb and he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, Marty was unbelievable when Millsy broke his thumb. I think he went on That's like a right. 10 game winning streak. That's right. And then and then Millsy came back. And then we were <clears throat> we were kind of like figuring out like who's gonna be the number one because Marty's playing lights out right now. And I think they just gave it right back to Millsy and they kind of played him half and half. And then Millsy just kind of took over and, and, and took the, took the season over. But, um, you know, I felt, yeah, like you feel bad for the guy and it's just, like I said, it's just an awkward situation where you have three goalies rotating in the net in practice. And, and well, I bet uh, Comrie and Lucanen are not thrilled. I mean, I bet, I, like, all, I bet all three are thrilled. Can I be honest with you? I really don't give a shit what Devin Levi thinks. He should be, shouldn't even be here. And his numbers are indicating that. His numbers are indicating. What has he got? What is he a three, a three something and an eight nine four or an eight eight six seven? What what are his what are his numbers? Three six six goals against and an eight seven nine save percentage. And he was given the first four games of the season. And I don't know what Kevin not to Adams, go and get I don't it. know why Kevin Adams wants to is so obsessed with hanging on to these these draft picks and all these prospects like they're his own kids. Like, like that's where you're supposed to build your team. Mm-hmm. That's why you had all these these players because you Rizy, what did you say? You said it on this show last time you were here. You said the only way you can get players to Buffalo is how drafting or trading. 
Why? Because not many people want to go to Buffalo and spend their uh, winters in the in Buffalo. Well, what they don't realize is how great it is when the team is good, and that's where you. That's what you have to do. You you have to change the narrative, and you can't do it by constantly playing young kids. And it, it, but also, when your team is good, it'll attract it'll attract good players. Like players will want to come here. Like when we were good, like players wanted to come here. Remember, like in those years when we went to those cup runs, like players were like excited to come here because they knew they were going to get a legitimate chance at Stanley Cup, and they knew we had a really good team and we had a really good core guys, and that we, it, was, it was just fun. Like practices were fun, games were fun. We we knew we were going to win games going in before it even started. Like there was a everyone held each other accountable. Like it was it was a good group of guys, and uh, they just got to get to that point. I'm very frustrated with Kevin Adams right now. The Devin Levi situation. I mean, the fact that this kid is here right now, poor, so poorly mismanaged. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done fucking talking for today. I'm fucking done. My ears are still ringing from the concert last night, and I got nothing. I have nothing positive to say. Well, I, I watched the game last night too, and it just seemed like the game was was there for the taking. Like Washington came out flat. They were rude. I was watching the first period. I'm like. What's going on with this? Watch how are they on a four game heater right now, and they look terrible. They just looked like they had nothing, and they were flat. And then the Sabers were just skating around them, and it was just like one of those games where you're like, "All right, Sabers going to end up winning this game," but they just took their foot off the gas, and they let it. There was a couple. There was a bad bounce on the first goal, but you know that's going to happen throughout a season. You're going to get bad bounces. Shit's going to ha- not go your way. And you just got to turn it around and, and keep playing, keep keep the same game plan and keep going at them. After they basically drop a game where they could have taken two points away from Washington, this is, these are big, big, big wins and losses. And to have the Sabres go into a game, play very well for, for parts of it, and there were some really good things in the game too. There's nice big hits from our players. There was a there was a fight from Jordan Greenway, which I gotta give him credit. Fighting a really tough customer in in uh, Wilson and represented himself real well. And these things matter. These things matter. But it's like when you lose games like this, it's like good teams never lose these games. If you're if you're locking down like a a 2-1 game or a 3-2 game good teams never lose because they know how to win their veteran leadership and how they're structured and they know exactly what it takes and what they do in every position of the defensive zone to lock things down the sabers have dropped how many games now and the hardest thing for for the fan base here in buffalo is this team for the first time in over a decade, there are expectations. For over 10 years, this team did not have expectations. And last year, they showed us that how dynamic they are offensively. They scored, I think, the fourth most or fifth most goals in the league. They were fun to watch. They were competitive. They they won games, you know, six to five and five to four. And it was, it was fun to watch. We missed the playoffs by one year. Now 
the expectations of this team has gone through the roof. We have 18 points. Pittsburgh Penguins have 18 points. The Islanders have 19 points. The Montreal Canadiens have 18 points. The New Jersey Devils have 17 points. Ottawa, 16 points. To make the to be a wild card position, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings, they sit at 21 points. We are three points out of a playoff spot. But at the same time, there's still insane irritation because we, as a fan base that watch this team play, we're not happy with what we're watching because our standard has gone up from last year. Yeah, so the well, standard. I, do you want to know something though? I, I we've watched enough of the other teams to know that the Sabers aren't those teams. Look at the teams that. Do you see what Detroit did last night to New Jersey? Spanked them, four rip or whatever, four nothing. Yeah. Okay. Are are is Buffalo better than Toronto on an eighty-two games uh, season? Probably not. I expect Pittsburgh to finish above them. I'm shocked that Philly's where they are. Montreal is tied with the Sabres. New Jersey is severely underachieving. And Ottawa is underachieving. Those are two teams. Ottawa had a slow start last year, and they revved it up late in the season. The Sabres are going to get caught finding themselves on the outside looking in again for a 13th straight season. This has been Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car crash call Salino, 800-555-5555.